Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. ashamed of what I'm doing. I'm not ashamed of that I enjoy sex, that I think it's a big part of our lives. I think that people should explore it more. I think that you can learn so much about yourself through your sexuality. And if you never explore that side of your life, you're missing a huge component. We can go and go and go. And we're multi-orgasmic. And, you know, this is what I, this is what I love about being a woman. Like, the, there's no really limit to the pleasure that we can have. I've had sex right now with almost 800 people, probably 250 of them. I've never seen them. I have no idea who they are. I have always tried to have the friends with benefits scenario. It's very hard to do and to maintain over time because somebody inevitably, it moves to where they want to start mm -hmm. be one-on-one -on -one with you. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. I am so excited today for today's guest. I feel like basically I'm talking to myself in a distant version. And today's guest is Casey Donatello. She is the author of three erotic memoirs detailing her journey of sexual empowerment and freedom. The first book is In Bed with Strangers. The second book is Scarlet Swings. And the final book in the trilogy is Scarlet Surrenders. And each book discusses her kinky escapades as well as all of the struggles and complications and stress of living a secret life. She's also an adult content creator on OnlyFans. And this captures her life as a hot wife, nudist, writer, and exhibitionist. Casey, Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Hi, Layla. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. I know. I cannot wait to dig in. I mean, seriously, I was when I was sitting down and putting together my questions and everything, and I'm reading and just kind of researching, I, I was thinking to myself, like, this woman is like my soul sister, my, <laughs> my sister from another mother. Like, somehow we're on the same trajectory. So I'm very excited to uh, jump in and dig around and find out, you know, get into all your fun stories. Can you just give my listeners a little bit about your background and kind of how you ended up where you are today? So right now, um, I turned 40 this year. Everything started back in my early 20s. I, you know, growing up, I was a normal girl. I was kind of shy. I was raised Catholic and stuff. And, you know, you grow up. I didn't want to be a slut when I was a teenager. You know, I had friends that were promiscuous and then there, there's gossip about them. They're called names. They're trashy. So I was always really super sensitive to stuff like that and having this like nice image of myself. So that kind of deterred me from doing things that I wanted to do. So I was a little bit on the prude side because I was scared. So me then, too. I went to, you went to, did you go Catholic all the way? I was Catholic high school, uniforms, all girls. I was the same way. I was just like, you know, there was the girls that did certain things and then the girls that didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was the rumors and the gossip that really, really made me nervous. I didn't want to be branded in that way because I felt like you lose your self-respect like that. And then all you're good for is sex acts. And then guys don't see past that. So that really, really like traumatized me when I was younger. So it wasn't until, I was in my early 20s. I was at a culinary school and I had a job at a restaurant. And just out of the blue, I had this like weird connection with my boss. 
So he was the head chef there and he was way older than me. He was married. He had kids. And I don't even know how it happened, but we ended up having this affair. And the affair lasted almost 10 years, which is fucking crazy. I dedicated most of my 20s to, you know, a shitty relationship that had no potential ever. But in the moment, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's in love with me. He's going to leave my wife, his wife, you know. So he was the first guy that gave me an orgasm. And that might have been why I was so into him. It just like blew my mind knowing that a girl could have like fun having sex. Can I ask you a question there? Because I think I think we all as women, we all have like maybe one or two guys. I know I did. Like when I was 18, I had my first penis to vagina orgasm with my boyfriend because we did this. We did this a certain way, you know, and then and when I broke up with him, I was like, oh, my God, I just got the courage to tell this guy and explain to him like how my body works and what I need. Don't make me do it again. You know, like I need a mind reader next time. Like what's going to happen here? And then same thing for the good oral sex guy, the first guy that makes you come with oral sex. And you feel like, again, like, oh my God, I know I need to get rid of this guy, but am I ever going to have an orgasm orally again? Is anybody ever going to know how to touch my body the right way. Absolutely. And in my case too, I should mention something else. Before him, I only think I had sex with like one or two people and it was never good for me. I was always like, it was kind of painful. I was always getting like UTIs and infections and stuff. I didn't know I was allergic to latex back then. So when I started dating this guy, we didn't use them. So you have that fact where actually now it feels good for me. It doesn't hurt. So I wanted to have sex. And then you add on top of that, having an orgasm, it was just like my mind was blown. And I was like, wow, I think I actually like having sex. I want to explore more about this. So we were together and then we ended up going to a swing club together one night. I found an ad on Craigslist and we went together. Good old Craigslist. Yeah. Because again, you know, this is going back almost 15 years when Craigslist was like a hot thing to do. You know, it was fun. Not how it is now. So I feel really old when I say that I started on Craigslist, but I don't feel old. It's so funny. So we went to a club one night just to, you know, scope it out and see what it was about. And again, I was like pretty sheltered up until then. And I was like, holy shit, like people are doing this all the time. And it was it was really interesting just to visually see all these naked people, all these people having sex with each other in public. But the most fascinating thing to me was that none of them looked embarrassed to be there. They were so comfortable with themselves and they were so open and friendly. You know, you have naked people just walking up to you saying hi, shaking your hand. And I was like, oh my God, I just couldn't process it. Because me... I felt the same way too when I went to my first, I guess, swinger party. And I was just like, oh my gosh. It was just, I was really just blown away taking it all in. And that, and then really feeling that sexual energy for the first time. You know, it's like palpable. You can... You know, and and how confident people are and just... Yeah, it was amazing. Because again, you take our Catholic background, right? Not only are you not supposed to have sex and stuff and all, you know, before marriage, but just being naked in public. Like, how often do you get to do that? And how scary is that being afraid and being judged? But it's actually the complete opposite. It's so freeing and comfortable. And no one's paying attention. No one's judging you. You have all shapes and sizes of people there. And I always thought it was really admirable where you see someone that might not be typical what guys think is beautiful or she's not like a size two. And she's out there having the time of her life, not giving a fuck about what people think. And I was like, wow, I want to be like these people. I want to be confident. I want to do what I want. I don't want to feel guilty and embarrassed all the time and nervous. So that really opened the door to like the rest of my path. 
Yeah. Well, it really, my journey and what I write about really is there's a lot of sex stuff, but there's also the emotional journey about dealing with your own shit, your own drama, your own insecurities, what you want out of life. It's really empowering when you decide to live your life for yourself and not some guy that you're dating. So those are like really big factors in me deciding what I wanted to explore and what I wanted to do. And it sounds like also preserving that as you, once you realized that was for you and the benefits that you got and what an impact that made, preserving that mindset moving forward. Yeah, and that was really hard because so we lasted a little longer and then I don't know if it had to do with finding the lifestyle and all this other things, but I hit like 30 and I said, you know what? Okay, clearly he's not leaving his wife. This isn't working. And I was just <laughs> over everything. And one day mm-hmm. I literally just had the guts and I said, we're done. I'm going on my own. And then I went back to just being vanilla. I said, okay, we had this crazy adventure together, but that was something I did with a partner. Now I'm going to go back to my normal life, just date regular guys. And I tried and it was just so boring. I couldn't stop thinking about the things I've seen and the little taste that I had of this other world. So after maybe a couple of months or so, I found myself online signing up for a lifestyle, like a swinging website by myself. And again, like every step I've taken, I always start off really, really nervous and scared and insecure. And then by the end of the chapter of whatever I'm exploring, I end up really confident and happy with myself and proud that I accomplished whatever the goal or challenge was that I overcame. So I ended up on the site and you know, as a single girl on a lifestyle site, you're just immediately popular. I don't think I even had a picture up yet. And I was getting flooded with messages. And it was pretty overwhelming. And I just remember it's like almost funny now. But in that moment, I didn't know who to pick how to pick a guy like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing on there. And I remember I just literally clicked on a message. And I said, Okay, this is gonna be the guy. I'm gonna meet him. And I'm gonna have sex with him. Hey, buddy, it's your lucky day. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to pick someone and I'm going to have sex with him. And so we met. We met at a bar like by my house. And then we went back to my house. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morph. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. And he was okay. He wasn't someone... I was super attracted to, he wasn't, his personality wasn't, he was okay. He was very average. Yeah. But I said, you know what? We're just going to do this to see if I can do this. Because I wasn't, in my vanilla life, I didn't really have one night stands. I didn't do random hookups. I always dated people. Right. Me neither. So I said, I don't know if I have the guts to just like sleep with a stranger. But I did. It was horrible. The sex was horrible. But when he left that night, I was just like so excited that I was able. Why was the sex horrible? It just, I don't know. It was boring. We didn't have great chemistry. Like I said, I didn't really even like him that much. He, you know, I was neutral to him. I don't think he was really like well endowed. His skills weren't good. You know, it just was super awkward and just not pleasurable. It was very quick. But I took that. I always try to take negative experiences and find the positive or like the life lesson in them. So from that, I just said, okay, I am daring enough to sleep with someone that I just met from the internet. Like we know that. So then I went back and I started 
getting better at picking guys that were compatible with me, reading profiles better, looking for things we had in common sexually, or just personalities that were more engaging and fun. And then you go from there. And little by little, I got way better at picking guys that I had, you know, these amazing experiences with. Not all of them are going to, you know, rock your world. Once in a while, you get someone that's disappointing. But all in all, I would say 95% of the people I've met have been at least nice people. Only been a handful of like true assholes that I've met or like bad experiences. Otherwise, I have pretty good radar at this point, you know, but it comes with a lot of experience. Me too. It came, but I went through the school of hard knocks with it. Oh my, you learn a lot, man. No kidding. So are you out in the open or are you, or are you anonymous like me? I'm kind of like half and half, I guess. So like to my family, they don't know anything. Some of our friends know. And then obviously on OnlyFans, I wear like a partial face mask. If you've met me in real life, I'm sure you would recognize me if you stumbled upon my site, but you don't see my entire face, you know, so like I'm half, I'm half and half. I didn't want to show my face completely right away because I didn't know how OnlyFans was going to go. I said to my husband, I said, if even one person signs up, I will be ecstatic. Like, that's all I wanted. And within 48 hours, like, the site blew up. And it's just been out of control ever since. So I said to him, I don't want to put my face in porn if no one's going to, like, one person is going to watch it. But now if it's more popular and people, like, are actually following me and invested in my page, we're considering, you know, the next option. Because I'm fine. Like, my husband is very supportive. If this is going to be my full-time venture now, he's fine with me putting my face out. But, you know, he has a job too. So I have to be considerate, you know, so it's like a little give and take. But I would ideally like to be at the point where I just don't give a fuck about anything. And my face is everywhere. You know, that's how I feel. How do you feel personally just about the fact that there's a stigma around it? You know, like we can't... Oh, such bullshit. Because, you know, we we can't be out there with our sexuality, which is such a vital part of who we are as human beings. You know, why is this such a big fucking deal? That's the biggest thing. And you see... You read articles all the time about these women that have very good jobs and careers, and then they lose all of that because someone finds out they have a nude photo somewhere. Like, if it has nothing to do with your job directly, and it is separate and it is your private life, I don't know why anybody has the right to destroy you over something. It's your body. So it's like, I want to be out there 100%, but there is still that fear of the repercussion of it. And it's not fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I don't, I'm not ashamed of what I'm doing. I'm not ashamed of that. I enjoy sex, that I think it's a big part of our lives. I think that people should explore it more. I think the you can learn so much about yourself through your sexuality. And if you never explore that side of your life, you're missing a huge component. And it just it's just not promoted enough in society. And, and I hope that that changes. I mean, I hope that, you know, that's why I do this podcast. I hope it changes, but it's you know, it's a weird thing. It's kind of tricky. You just don't want to get labeled, you know, as like that woman and have it have it cause unnecessary problems. It shouldn't. Yeah. But and, as, you know, as a teenager, it's like, oh, my reputation, you know, what will boys think? But now as an adult, it is your career, your job, like you can lose your house if you lose your job because someone, you know, like there's all these things that can snowball and really destroy someone's livelihood over nothing. And it's so not fair. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I'm with you. We could do a whole episode on just... I know. I see. <laughs> I have, you know... Once I, I get started, I, I get so angry about it, you know? Me too. Me too. But, you know, let's talk about your first book. I want to get... Let's get... Start getting into sure. the fun details. Let's talk about your first book, uh, In Bed with Strangers. Can you give me a brief synopsis of that? Just what that's all about? Sure. So the first book starts... It gives you a little background into, like, my upbringing and stuff. So you know a little bit about who I am. It goes into a lot of detail about what we discussed, dating the married guy, then joining the site and everything. I give a little background information just on the lifestyle itself. And then I talk a lot about I had threesomes with couple, like male, female couples. And then I was meeting a lot of single guys for one on one. And then I had. Let me kind of clarify. This is when you first got into swinging. Yes. OK, so this is where it kind of launched. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the first one or two chapters is vanilla and then it goes right into mm -hmm. like getting into the lifestyle. Yes. So I talk about meeting couples, having threesomes, and then having my first threesome with two guys. And that was kind of... Okay, I want to hear about that right now because I so want two guys. Oh my God, you've never... Okay, first of all, I'm like all about gangbangs and DV. And I know, multiple guys, we're going to so. get to that. Oh, I got that coming. That's coming. I know. But let's... I want to I wanna just like... I'm going to break down... I want to break down each book a little so bit. It was um, really funny. So... To give you a little more information then. So I joined the site and I met guys single. And then I said, oh, you can meet couples. And I thought I didn't know any better. I thought those were my only two options, right? So yeah. once someone told me you could be with two guys, a light bulb went off and I was like, whoa, let's try that. And once I did that, I never played with a girl ever again. Never played in a room. Like I have to be the only girl in the room with as many guys as possible. You're sold on it. You're sold on it. Oh my God. I never, yeah. it changed my whole fucking life. Like, Okay, why? I need to know. Give me details. <laughs> well, it was really funny. So I had one on a date with this one guy and he was nice, but he kind of oversold himself and the sex was really bad. He had like erection problems and stuff. And by this point, you know, I started off very insecure and nervous, but by this point I was really confident. I wasn't playing games with people. Like I was out to be satisfied. So if I didn't like someone's performance, I was polite, but I said, not again. So he kept contacting me for a second chance. And I was like, I'm not wasting my time on this. No offense. So he goes, he goes, what if I bring someone else? And I paused for a minute. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I'll bring my guy friend with me. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I've never done that before. So normally you plan dates, you know, in advance and stuff. People coordinate. So I said, okay, like, when do you want to do this? He goes, we can be there in an hour. <laughs> and I, I was just, I was like, what? Like, I need to mentally, I don't even know what's happening. You got to get prepared. Yeah, I was like, I don't, but I always like to pretend I'm confident on the outside and not let people yeah. know I'm panicking. Yeah. So I was like, I tried to act cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, an hour. Okay, that, that sounds great. Like, where do you want to meet? And we picked a hotel. Then we get off the phone and I start like panicking. I'm freaking out and screaming in my apartment. I call my other friend who's in the lifestyle. He's a guy. And I was like, yo, I was like, what do I do with two guys? Like, I don't even know where to begin. And the funny part about me is even though I'm sort of making porn now, I've never watched porn in my life. So I didn't even know. Yeah. No. What? You have never no. watched porn? And it's funny because now that we have the OnlyFans page, my husband was like, you're going to have to watch porn to know what to do. I go, no, because people are just going to watch what I do because we're not making porn. We're just filming like our life. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so I had my mind was just like mush. I go, I can't even imagine what you do with two guys. So he gave me like a few brief ideas. And then, you know, I showered, I shaved, I head over there and I expected to be 
Like, embarrassed. Did you want to see a picture of the other guy before you went? I think he was also on the website. So I think he showed me his photo. I'm pretty sure. They were both good looking, but I didn't speak to him. So on my way over there and I'm like, this is going to be a train wreck. They're going to like laugh at me. They're going to be like, why did, you know, we try to do this with her. She has no, no idea what's happening. And then it turned out to be the other way around. I thought they were really tame and it didn't meet the expectation that I had created in my head. And it, it was a fun time, but they mostly like just took turns fucking me. There was no like, real, oh, like three, were, it wasn't really like two on one. No, it was more of like a tag team. Mm. So and then they both like came fairly quickly and I was still super horny. And I'm like, wait, that's it. Like, this is all I get from two people. And they just looked at me and I'm an asshole. So I was like, maybe next time you should bring a third friend, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And then after that, my like attitude just changed. And I was like, I need as many guys as possible all the time. And it just escalated from there. So from threesomes, then I started having, you know, like three or four guys, then gangbangs and stuff. And I never left that phase. It's been several years now. And I never went back, like I said, to playing with couples or anything with other girls and stuff. It's just super, super focused. And also with two guys, like I had tried DP and everything because that one's pretty, you know, standard and popular in a threesome. But once I had my first DV, which is double vaginal, like two in your pussy, never went back to DP. So once I find See, something- I, I do that. I do that with one of my play partners. We use a dildo and he, you know, does this, puts his dick in there too. But Layla, you need a I, real guy. I know. It's, we're trying it's not to the do, same with trying, the toy at all. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh my God. I know. I'm just, I, I'm going to put my cone of shame on, <laughs> you know, because I, <laughs> after all this time, I haven't been able to line up two guys. You know, the problem for me is the guys, like they say they want to do it. And then all of a sudden one will be like, uh, wanting to know where he stands. Cause I'll do this with like a regular partner, okay. a regular play partner. And then it, you know, then it's like, well, as long as he knows it's us, you know, and I'm just like, what, what the fuck? Let's just get this done. Come on. Like I'm here. Like, I want to be railed. Let's do it. <laughs> well, sidebar, but kind of off of that. Last night, we were going to have a group of guys, like five guys at a hotel. You yeah. know how many actually showed up? Zero. They all canceled. We didn't go to the hotel. We're smart enough. But like we yeah. sent out, we planned this for a few days. And every day I send like a reminder, kind of like you do with the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the night before, everyone's like, yes, wouldn't miss it for the world. Absolutely. Yesterday comes in the afternoon. I send the location. No one responds. And I go to my husband. I go, none of these guys are for real. He's like, he's like, I don't understand how nobody wants to fuck a girl that wants nothing in return. Like, we'll let and me and my husband, my husband is super cool. And I'm very easygoing. Like we let guys do whatever they want when they hang out with us. We have like almost no rules. My husband is super friendly with them, like really wants to see them have fun. And we're like the best couple ever. And then people just flake. And most of them are probably married or whatever. But it's like, I don't think vanilla people understand how hard it is to have sex in the lifestyle sometimes. Like, people <laughs> were just like tripping over dicks. You know what I mean? But, tripping over dicks. Oh my God. The guys on these sites are so full of shit. And the most ironic part is that anybody in the lifestyle knows that single guys have like this bad reputation and we're the couple that wants them. We're like begging for them. We treat them so good. And then they still can't follow through. It's like, I don't know what they're doing with their time and the effort that these guys spend talking to you and engaging and making promises to not show up. Like, I don't know how they have time for all of this. It, it's just I shocking. Either. 
I know. It's all go and no show. It does. Yeah, it does happen. I. It's funny that you say that because... Um, so as I want to do this threesome and I've got a partner that's like, okay. And he, I, I said, you do some of the heavy lifting, make the profile, you screen these guys. Cause you know, he was like, well, I just want to make sure da, 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 da. I'm like, fine. I don't care. I have no desire. You, you pick the guy, you know what I like, pick the guy and then let's go. And he, after about two days came back to me and said, these guys are so fucking stupid. Like, I can't, how do you talk to them? Like, how do you do this? You know, he was frustrated. They were like idiots. He's chat. You know, I'm like, Yes. Welcome to the show. It's, this is what it's, it's it's like, I can't believe it either. Men, you think they're, they're so thirsty. You, like, <laughs> and you, they, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where they all are. They're serious ones. It's hilarious sometimes. Thank God. Like I have my husband. And then last night, because we knew nobody was showing up, my husband goes, cancel it. Call one of our guy friends. He came over and we filmed like amazing footage for the site. We had a blast. But I'm like, yeah. we're the couple that, so like on the site we're on, you can have um, certs so people know. It's basically like a Yelp review for people you've played with. So generally, we only meet guys that have certs because it proves they're reliable. And guys without certs have a hard time because nobody wants to meet them. We, once in a while, we're generous and we're like, okay, we'll take it. We'll take a shot because everybody has to start somewhere. So like, yeah. we're considered. We go, okay, you just signed up recently. We'll give you a chance. And then they don't fucking show up. It's like... I don't know. It just blows my mind. We're making it so easy for them and they just can't do it. And a lot of, you know, I don't know if they're intimidated or they're nervous or they just like to flirt online, but it is so frustrating and depressing sometimes when like you just want to get fucked and like you can't. It sounds I, so weird, you know, and people don't believe that that's part of this. Yeah, I know. I know there's a lot of flakes out there. It, it's it boggles my mind. Now I want to before we jump before we jump into the second book. I want to know about your best in that in that time frame that you wrote the first book. What was your best swinging experience? Um, so I would say okay, the first time I fell DV that was like tremendous. Mm. But aside from that, in the first book, I had um, a male friend from the site. Also, he was married, but I knew his wife, and he was just. This larger than life, like totally crazy person, but like crazy in a good, fun way. But the shit that he would come up with, you're just like, how do you even think of these things? So he had a bunch of old, like an old limo, an old conversion van, an old cop car. And we would drive around at night sometimes, like he would pick me up, he'd blindfold me in the back, and then he would just like have strangers like fuck me and stuff. So that was pretty wild. We did that for a long time. No way. Hold on, hold on. I'm out of my, yeah, I do weird shit. <laughs> I've had sex right now with almost 800 people, probably 250 of them. I've never seen them. I have no idea who they are. Oh, wait, let me get my head around this. <laughs> so like, this could be the lowliest guy on the planet. And he gets, if he happens to be on the street when you guys drive by, like, is there any sort of who's, is there any line you won't cross like don't pick a guy like that while you're blindfolded i mean like what this is <laughs> the perfect example of you have to trust the people that you're part that you're partnered with you know what i mean okay like i wouldn't just we were we were we played together for several years we were very good friends i knew his kids like i trusted him this wasn't like the first time we met we did this you know what i mean but he's the one that gave me my first gangbang and even with that he goes we're gonna have a gangbang tomorrow i'm gonna pick you up at like I don't know. Eight. I go, okay. I didn't know who anybody was, where we were going, but I trusted him. He said, we're going to go. You're going to do your thing. Yeah. We're going to leave. And that's exactly what happened. So I have this like super like daring, spontaneous side to me. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> but for me, I think one of the hottest things is not knowing anything about the people that I sleep with, which is funny because that was very easy to do when I was single. But now that I'm married, he's the opposite of me. He likes to meet them. He likes to, I mean, just, you know, like that day, meet them for a yeah, drink. He wants to vet them a little bit. Yeah. I like yeah. to just, when I was single, I would just go straight to people's houses, straight to hotel rooms. Like I didn't meet them first. Oh, I have a process. I have a process. <laughs> I'm, I've been through all different phases. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like once something weird happened at my apartment, then I never had anybody over again. Like there was this guy there and I, he just kind of gave me like a weird vibe and I wanted him to leave and he didn't want to leave. And I said, okay, maybe let's not have people at our house anymore. You know, like my yeah, own house because yeah. I lived alone. So then it was a lot of hotel things. But again, I wouldn't meet them in the bar. I would just meet them in the room because I like that combustible energy. Either it's going to be amazing or it's going to be tragic. But <laughs> I like yeah. that uncertainty. And that's the fun thing about gangbangs too, is that my second book like outlines like this insane process that I have for having a gangbang. So there's all different ways you can do it. But one of my favorite ways was you would just invite random guys from the site with like very little vetting. I would, because there were so many people and I had a friend with me at all times, I could loosen my restrictions a little bit because I wasn't going to be alone with them. So it was really just like a gamble. Who is going to show up? How they're going to perform? What's the chemistry? Are you attracted to, like, you know, do you like them? So for some reason, that is really enticing to me, like the unknown parts of things. Yeah. Now let's go back. So on the swinging and the DV and the DVP, tell me, I've only done it. I have, I've only done it with a plastic dick and a real dick. Tell me what it's like with two dicks. See, it's hilarious because I find it, we've tried it at home with like dildos and, and I hate it. It like is so uncomfortable for me. So yeah. we've tried different toys and stuff. And for me, it has to be two real people. But it's funny because now you have to get two guys that are willing to put their dicks on top of each other. Their dicks right? together. Yeah. So mm -hmm. now you have 50% of the guys are like, oh, it's fucking gay. I'm not doing that. And then you have the other 50 are like, I'm so secure with myself that I don't give a shit. It feels good. We're doing it. So my husband and I only meet guys that are willing to do it because that's that's like what my fetish is. And he said to me, if they don't want to do it, there's plenty of other people that will. So why why waste our time? And my husband loves it, too. It feels so good. But yeah, even when you get two people that are up for it, not all combinations of like penises fit together the right way. So some are more successful than others. But when you find the right two guys, it is just unbelievable. And even if it's interesting too, because so my husband is usually, well, for people that don't know how it works, one guy lays down, the girl straddles them, and then the other guy comes in from behind. So my husband, 99% of the time is the second guy, but sometimes their penises like only fit in the reverse position. So sometimes you have to like play around a little bit. And then you can also do reverse DV where the girl is like in reverse cowgirl and she's facing the second person. So there's like two ways that we do it. So it's always disappointing when guys want to do it, but they can't stay hard or their penises isn't the right like shape and size. That's a little disappointing. But I always love being someone's first DV experience. I think that is just like, because you know, at our age, you're not really going to take someone's virginity in their in their 40s, right? right? Most likely not. Yeah. But to take someone's like DV virginity or something else is cool because they're never going to forget that. Totally. Okay. Oh, now see, you've got me refired <laughs> up about it. Now, this, okay, so <laughs> I mean, it's always on my radar. Actually, my my play partner is coming over uh, next Tuesday, and we're going to spend a little time to actually together, you know, like find someone. So I am looking forward to that. Okay, so let's talk about your 
Now, the second book, uh, and this is where we're getting into gangbangs. Okay, so you kind of talked a little bit about what drew you to gangbangs. How did you just like, what is it about all that that does it for you? So, okay, this might sound a little weird, but it almost be like, obviously, it's fun. There's a lot of shit happening. You know, you're being pleasured from all different angles and stuff. It's very exciting. But at the same time, something in me found it to be like, a challenge. So like, okay, you could fuck to play with two guys at once. What about three? What about seven? Like, what is my stamina versus their stamina? It becomes like this kind of weird competitive game between me and them. I don't know if they know they're playing it with me, but I'm playing it in my head, you know? And then I got this reputation for being a girl that like all these guys come in like, oh yeah, I'm going to make her tap out. She's never fucked anybody like me. And then after like an hour, they're dead. And we're just looking at them like, I thought you were going to like fuck me all night long. So I seem to have this like weird ability to never get tired, like from sex. I could just go for like, no matter how many people or how many hours we play, I'm always the one at the end. That's like, you guys are done. Like really? And people look at me, they're like shocked. And then they all go to my husband without feel like, I admire you. I'm jealous of you. And I feel bad for you at the same time because you have to live with her. And my husband's like, yes, that's why we play like this sometimes. You know, I've never had an experience where I'm the one that wanted to stop or like was tired or couldn't go anymore. So I'm going to say that's the most empowering experience I have in the lifestyle altogether is knowing that like in some weird way, like girl power is winning. You know what I mean? Like you kind of knock. Well, we can. We can go and go and go and we're multi-orgasmic. And, you know, this is what I, it's what I love about being a woman. Like the, there's no really limit to the pleasure that we can have. And we, and we have all these different ways to have orgasms. And yeah, I mean, it does. It almost does take a village. <laughs> yeah. And I just I love the look of shock on their face when they come in so arrogant and then they leave just like with their mouth on the floor. Like, I didn't know you were serious. And we're like, why would we lie yeah. about how we play? Like, that doesn't benefit me at all. So now I have this reputation right. for this, you know, but it's a lot of fun. And then my husband Do is you have- huge, sorry, my husband's a huge oh. lawyer. So he loves and like he likes watching porn. So now he has live porn in front of him and anything he comes up with that he wants to see. He's like, will you do this? I go, sure. Why not? And now he gets to like choreograph whatever scene he wants. And it's super fun because he gets to see things from a different angle now. And he plays what he wants to with us. He lets the guys have a chance a little bit and then he'll jump in here and there like as he sees fit. But it's a fun time. And we play with we have a nice group of guys that we know. And they're just so friendly and fun and cool. It's not weird at all. And then we mix in new people as we find them. But it's just, it's a fun night. Like, What's the most amount of men you've had in one gangbang? So like things that I've hosted, maybe like seven or eight. But if I go to, if I used to go to clubs in the second book a lot, I was going to clubs. I had a couple of guy friends that would take me and we would always go on single guy night, which is when most other people were like, ew, I don't want to go on that night. There's all these creepy guys there. And of course that's when I go. And I mean, you could easily fuck 10 or 15 guys depending on the night. Sometimes it was one or zero, but generally I would say... In like a private setting, seven might be the max, but like four to five guys, I think is the sweet spot where everybody can really have a good time, participate, you know, rotate in and out enough because we're, like I said, we're really cool. We don't want people to ever hang out with us and feel like they didn't have enough time to play or they didn't get what they wanted from the experience. So we play for, you know, several hours. We have a few people and they can come and go as they please. 
they could come as many times as they want. But I never want someone to be like, oh, I only got her for like 10 minutes and he had her for an hour. So we like to have it where it's a little smaller and some of the guys like know each other now because we've mixed them a few times. But how do you set the rotation? Like, how do you coordinate that? Like, okay, so let's say you got five guys and does everybody kind of naturally just go somewhere first? And like, this is all the interesting stuff about a gangbang because, you know, it's different. Even if you have the same five people three times, it's going to be different every time because I kind of, it usually starts, I just like am there and then they might all show up at the same time. Somebody might be late or whatever, but I leave it up to them. Whoever's the most aggressive guy is just going to start things. You know, some people take a little longer to warm up. Some people like to watch a little bit before they play to get more turned on. So it really, it just depends on the guys. I let them kind of take charge of like who wants to be where and who's playing. And then my favorite part about gangbangs, and this is like, I don't know why I find this so amusing. Guys, they really form this like camaraderie And like, they're all friends there, even if they've never met before. They're hanging out. They're talking to each other. They're like, okay, like, I'm tired. Who's going to swap in for me? Or like, you haven't fucked her in a while. Like, switch with me. Like, they really have this nice interaction with each other where no one's like rude to each other. No one's greedy. And I always think like, I always laugh when someone's like, oh, bro, come here. Like, you need to get back in here. And I'm like, wow, they're very considerate of each other. You know, like no one's (laughs) talking to me. So yeah, that part. And then if my husband's not playing, they're always like, Jason, like, come on, don't you want it? And Jason's like, I live with her. Like, we're here for you guys to have fun with her. So like the banter between them sometimes just cracks me up. Yeah. You know, and then sometimes I feel like, guys, stop talking. Like, I'm the focus here. You know, you guys could hang out later and I have to like rein them back in because it is just a fun environment. Is there anything in particular that, you know, if you're going to be doing this, you should be, uh, you know, as a woman, you should be mindful of? So when I was single, I did this all the time, but I always had one of my steady partners with me. I would never do this if if I didn't know anyone there. So I always had one person that was kind of like the bodyguard and they would show up with me. They would be in charge of like letting people in and out of the door. You really need to be like diligent with guys using condoms. If, you know, I only play safe, other people don't, that's up to them. So this was interesting too, because when I was single, I assumed, okay, a guy has a condom. Like I saw him open it, done deal. One of my friends goes, just because he put the condom on, you have to check it to make sure he didn't tear a hole in the, in the tip. I go, people do that. He goes, yeah, they want to fuck you raw, but look like they have a condom on. And I was like, oh my God, this is too stressful to like think about. So you really like, I always had someone that was like basically like the bodyguard and security checking guys for condoms, you know, making sure no one had phones to take pictures. Like it was a very different vibe back then when I was single, it was much more uh, like business-like and structured. It's a little more like fun and friendly with my husband now. It's a different vibe, but do have safety concerns. So if something ever happened and I'm in a room with five strangers, who's going to save me? So I always had someone I trusted with me every single time. Like safety is one of those things that I'm very concerned about, but I like to do risky things. So I always had to find that middle ground where I could push my limits without putting myself in danger. When I first, first started, I would always leave a note in my house somewhere, like an obvious note. So if I disappeared one night, people knew who I went out with because I couldn't tell someone, hey, I'm going to meet this stranger. Like, this is where I'm going to be because it was a private life. 
but I figured if I wasn't home eventually, someone would come looking for me. So I would leave like their screen name on my counter or something, say like, look for this person. Cause I watched like so many true crime shows. <laughs> I'm like, I would do it. You know, it's so funny. I, so I would do that too. Just in the very beginning. Yeah, now I don't, I first started, but, you know, just, yeah. In yeah, the beginning, just, I was so nervous all the time that I wasn't going to come back home. Right, right. And there are, I mean, I think it's mostly safe as long as you're being smart about it. But of course, you know, we live in the real world. We know that there's creepers out there. So you have to be sensible and definitely let someone, if you're by yourself, let leave a note. I mean, I did that, you know, like let somebody know where to look for you or who to go after. I also felt when I was single. So like I did my house, I tried guys' houses sometimes and hotels. And I feel like hotels were the smartest option because A, no one knows where I live now. B, you never know what is going on in that guy's house. No matter how normal yeah. he seems, there could be someone hiding in the other room. He could be filming it. Like you don't know, you can't escape. So hotels even though they could technically lock the door and something could happen, like it's a hotel. There's other people there forever. Yeah. There's yeah. other people there. If you scream loud enough, you know, so I always, I kind of gravitated more to hotels just because I thought they were a little safer than being in a house. Plus the other great thing about hotels is you can make a fucking mess and then you don't have to clean it. Like when we play at my house, if you squirt and stuff, now you got to do laundry after the guy leaves, you know, so I'm like, oh, oh hotels are much better. They have Totally. Here. Yes. Yes. Leave all the wet spots. These are all the things you learn, though, you know, and also people in the lifestyle know if you play in a hotel, you always get two beds instead of one. So if you're spending the night, you sleep in the clean, dry bed and not like the one that everybody just had sex in. But you learn that the hard way, too. Right. I know. I have left a hotel room because there was not enough dry spot on the bed and the guy I was with wanted me to stay. And I was like, no, you can. I'll let you bend your body around that mess. I'm out of here. I'm going to sleep in a nice dry bed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So these are all the funny little things that you learn along the way through trial and error, you know? Yes. Yes. Now, okay. So in your third book, you get into, this is where you met your husband. Well, actually, tell me, can I just go back for a second? So in the second book also, this is kind of important. I'm at the point where Through this whole journey, I was looking for someone in the lifestyle to date. I wanted a relationship with someone that was not vanilla. Like, that was really clear to me. And I was really good at finding, like, play partners that I was very compatible with. I was attracted to. We had a great time together. And then I got into this phase where, like, we would start blurring the lines. We were hanging out too much. We were doing vanilla things together. We were, like, meeting family and friends. But quote unquote, we were not dating because we were play partners. And then it starts to get really messy because now you are starting to get emotionally attached to people that you're not supposed to be, but they're not really pulling away from it. But the minute you mention dating, it's either like, oh God, no, I'm not looking for a girlfriend or the famous one that I always got, which we can date, but then we have to be vanilla. And I'm like, dude, we met in a threesome. Like, that's just not possible. Like, why would you even, why would you even want that? But that's one of the most common things that you get is these guys on the lifestyle sites. They're only on there when they're single and they're horny, and then they leave the site when they find a vanilla girl, and then they come back when they break up. So those are like the posers. They're not real lifestyle guys. Do you know, it's interesting, I want to point this out, because I have always tried to have the friends with benefits scenario. It's very hard to do and to maintain over time, because somebody inevitably, it moves to where they want to start Mm -hmm. being one-on-one with you. And I... I've had that more times than I can count. And, you know, I get it. You can't, it's just something you can't control. Mm -hmm. But it's a bummer when it starts to, when you get inklings, like I'm like, oh no, here we go. It's starting to happen. Now there's jealousy. Now there's this, you know, because possessiveness, all that, because they want to start forming 
a relationship. And you just, it's one of those things that like, you can't really control it. I mean, I wish I, I wish you could, you know, cause I've lost a lot of good, yeah. good ones too, that I get the, all of a sudden I get the girlfriend talk, you know, like they, that's what they want to do. And I'm like, I just, yeah. And then you're right. And then once it's you, once you're the girlfriend, they don't want to do this with, they don't want to yeah. share you. It's not, this isn't cool anymore. Because again, like, there's the double standard now that you can't be a slut if you're my girlfriend. You can only be a slut if you're my friend, you know? And it's just like, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So in the sec, towards the end of the second book, after years of this, and like, you know, I was very good at separating things, but there were a handful of times where I definitely got my heart, not necessarily broken because I wasn't in love, but I was devastated. I was crushed because I thought like we might've had something. And then they turn around, they're like, oh no, I don't want that. So I was seeing this one guy that lived fairly close to me. Very nice guy, good job, treated me well, like wanted to take me on all these fancy like dinners and events and stuff. We had a great time hanging out together. And he, he fell in love with me and I really liked him. But again, the caveat was we have to be vanilla to date. He was like, I will give you the world, but we have to be monogamous. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's kind of tough. But after so many years of being beaten down again and believing that I couldn't have what I wanted, I started to think, okay, if I'm not going to have a lifestyle relationship and I have to be vanilla, he's at least like a good catch in the vanilla world. So I was really being worn down. And I was on the verge of accepting his offer when one of my other playmates called me and he goes, I want you to come down, have a threesome with me and this other guy. Like, I think you really have a good time. And that was like the main point in my life where I had to make this like, it's like in a movie where the main character has to make this decision that's going to change their life forever. It was like, yeah, do you go on this threesome or do you settle down with this guy? And of course, being me, I went on the threesome. (laughs) You know, I can't help myself. (laughs) Yeah. And I, so we had, me and this other guy had a mutual friend that connected us for the threesome. And normally at that point, guys had to travel to me because I was the unicorn. You know, like they had to get hotel, all those lists of rules, right? But what are the rules? Can we talk about the rules? Sure. So just, this is not my rule. This is just like across the board. Single guys usually have to pay for everything. That's just part of the process. I'm not being arrogant. That's across the board. Uh, So like drinks, hotel room, stuff like that. They always had to come to me and guys didn't give a shit. They would drive four or five hours sometimes just to meet me for a drink, whether or not we had sex. But mostly I would say my partners were like one to two hours away from me. That was like the general travel time. They always had to have like non-latex condoms with them. I didn't do any pictures or filming trying to think what else has been so long. Those are like the main ones. And then obviously they had to, you know, I had to see full face and body pictures. It's funny too, because I don't watch porn. And I also, I hate, I don't mind seeing a guy's dick picture because that's relevant. right? (laughs) No, like I don't, that's like, we need to know. However, I really hate when they send me videos of them fucking other girls. I go, what does this have to do with me? Right, exactly. And they're like, oh, I, I just want to show you my moves. I go, that's fantastic, but I really don't give a shit. And I'm yeah, not I her. <laughs> and you don't know what I like. And then it's funny, too, because now that I'm married, like, I'll show them to my husband. And he goes right back and tell him that that's fucking lame and you can do better, you know? And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to be mean to them. But, you know, they think they're impressing you with something. And I'm like, until we meet in person, I don't give a shit. I don't even go over, like, limits and boundaries with people anymore. I like to just roll the dice. I go, if you do something I don't like it, I will tell you. If I want you to do something, I will tell you. I don't like to have this like checklist of things because even if I say I'm into something, if I don't like you, I'm not doing it. So I don't like to put things out there and then set an expectation where guys think I agreed to do certain things. You know what I mean? I go just off of chemistry and vibe and personality. And there are things that 
I never thought I would do that in the, in the spur of the moment. You just do it because you're like, oh, my God, it's just so hot right now. Let's like, go for it. You know, like what? Like what? Um, Just I don't know. I used to have a rule where like I love cum stuff, like cum play and everything. But I yeah. always felt like the first time I met you, you didn't deserve to come on my face. Like, I don't know why. I just felt like that was reserved for like more special people or something. It's so stupid. I- I have the same thing. I'm like, you're not coming. This is like, uh, I don't know. This I feel is like, like, that's re- re- like you have to this earn is like that real shit. Estate, real estate gold right here. Yeah, like, like, you come no, on my are- tits, my ass. I don't give a shit. So, yeah. but then of course you go on a date with one guy all of a sudden and you're like, holy shit, come on my face. You know, stuff like that. I don't know. But again, I feel like once you say I like this, guys assume you're going to do it. So I like to just walk into situations blindly. If I have a hard, a hard, hard, like absolute limit, I might tell them. But otherwise, when they say, what are your preferences? I go, you will figure it out when we play. If you're not smart enough to read my body and my reactions, then that's not my fault. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I like people that can roll with it. You know, you touch someone somewhere, they moan. You're like, okay, I'm going to do that again. If they kind of like flinch away, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. So I really like- but common sense is not so common, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's we, great. Do, we know we know that a lot of times guys will I, I don't know why, like you're moaning because you're like, or oh, you're right on the edge, like you're mm-hmm. ready to come. And then they fucking change it up. And I'm like, what yeah. did you do? And this do? is funny too. Like <laughs> when I first started, like the transition from my early years to now is just night and day in the lifestyle. When I first started, even like that very first experience, like I was not having fun having sex with him. But I was like, I agreed to have sex with him. I need to finish this. And you know what? That is absolutely not true. You can stop having sex anytime you want. And I'm the master right. of that. When I was single, I would give guys a warning like, hey, I'm not really like feeling this. Can we, you know, try this position or mix it up or something? You know, where guys going down on you and it's horrible. You tap them and you're like, I don't really enjoy this. And I stopped a lot of nights just like mid-sex with nobody coming. And the guy looks at you like you're from another planet and he's like but i didn't come yet i go okay neither did i but we're adults i don't like this and i'm not staying and good for you talk about like empowerment the first time i said that to someone i almost shit myself i was so like nervous and i just like (laughs) picked up my clothes and didn't even look at him on the way out and i was so embarrassed and then after that i would look them dead in the eye i go look i gave you like three chances to make this better for me and it's not so i'm not gonna just like let you have my body for your enjoyment this is like mutual you know what i mean it's a two-way street yeah absolutely i love it guys are always like just floored when you say that to them and i only do that when it's like really really bad if it's mediocre i might let it ride out but you have to really being openly like promiscuous and sexually active is great but you still have to have your self-respect at the same time and there's a very you know fine line there's so many fine lines in this lifestyle so yes having sex with a stranger is exciting only if you want to be doing it, right? You can, right. You can still feel vulnerable and used in the lifestyle. It's very easy for that yeah. to happen. So you need, yeah. you know, I did this to be confident, not to feel shitty about myself at night. So I have to really make sure that I'm staying like true to myself with every date that I go on. And that was... Yeah, you know what? I want to, I just want to emphasize one more thing, you know, just about what you said about the consent, because I mean, consent in this lifestyle and, and in any sex act, consent is a, is just, it's a major part of it. It has to be there. It's something that's given, but it's something that can be take, taken back at any moment. And that's a good point because when you go on a lifestyle date, like, you know, a, van- a vanilla date is one way, but a lifestyle date, like you're meeting to get fucked, right? Everyone knows that's the intention. Whether or not it happens, that's why you're there. So I think that makes the consent a little blurry sometimes because a guy goes, oh, well, I met you. I bought you the drink. Now you have to fuck me. And I go, no, I can either buy my own drink 
and give you the money back. Or you can just like say nice meeting you. We're not compatible and leave like an adult, you know. But again, after that point, then they pay for a hotel room. Some rooms are like $200. After 15 minutes, I've left because I just, I didn't like the vibe that was happening. And then they're like, well, I just dropped all this money. I go, that's fine. That was part of the game that the lifestyle is. Not that we're playing games, but that's, you know, the way this works. We're allowed to walk away at any time, though. We are not obligated to stay just because you spent some money. You know, you're not, you're paying for the hotel room. You're not paying for my body. And some guys have a hard time understanding that. And some guys really appreciate that. You know, even now with my husband, sometimes another thing that's really interesting that vanilla people might not know is how many guys forget about being flaky. How many guys show up and can't perform, whether it's nerves or whatever, they show up, they can't get hard. So now, you know, there becomes this time for me where, yes, I want you to be comfortable. I want to help you. If you need me to like go down on you, calm you down. If we're going like, you know, I'm not going to do this for an hour. You know, I'm not here to just right. like service you endlessly. Service you. There's yeah, you know, yeah. a time frame where it's acceptable to need to get comfortable with us. And after that, like this isn't happening. And in when we first started playing, you know, as a couple, me and my husband, he would he really wanted guys to have a good time. And sometimes, you know, they're hard, but they they're having trouble coming. And he like, babe, like really help them come. And after a few dates, I said to him, I said, look, I said, we come from different worlds. I said, it's not my job. I said, I am here doing everything he wants me to do. If he can't come at some point, that's not our fault. And we have to call the night. So now my husband is very good at like, we set a time limit because it's, it's hard to tell a guy like, oh, you're taking too long or whatever. So now we set like a time. We say, okay, we'll play from eight to 11. If you didn't come by 11, we're sorry. And we kind of put the pressure on them now and take it off of me. Because some guys, like, they're just, it's never going to happen. Like, we all know it, but no one wants to say it out loud to embarrass anyone. But that becomes, like, I feel trashy when that happens. And I have to, like, try to force you to orgasm when I'm not into it. Like, again, the self-esteem can get destroyed like that for a girl. So, you know, we don't want to be assholes. But at the same time, if you can't perform, that's not my fault. You know, give me your give me your best, you know, default statement when you need to call it. Um, So my husband will usually say if we're on like a one on one date with a guy, just like a threesome, he might say, "Okay, it's getting late. Like uh, I have to get up early for work. Right. But then the guy will be like, "Okay, just give me 10 minutes. And then it's like 40 minutes. So now we've been together three years now and just me and him getting on the same page. A lot of that is in part three because we had to learn how to like communicate with other people around. And uh, now my husband just puts his underwear, like his boxers on. And then I get up and I get dressed. Like we just shut it down without like any, there's no way for them to without question any that. Warning. <laughs> no, he might say it. like, okay, it's getting late. And then five minutes later, like shorts are on. Because if you give a guy like a verbal warning, he just tries to keep pushing it. Once my husband is dressed, I'm like, oh, I got to go. And we just get it. We're done. We're done here. But that's like not as common. Most of the time we have like good experiences because we're good at picking people now, you know. But once in a while. And even sometimes one of your like most reputable uh, guys that you use just has an off night. 
Yeah. And that's even more disappointing than anything because you're like, wow, I had really high expectations tonight because I know how good you are. But maybe he was like, you know, he worked like a long shift or something or he just got like we've had guys that just got off of like red eye flights that met us and then they can't perform and they're like, oh, my God, I must be jet lagged. And we look at them and we go, why didn't you just pick a different day? And they'll literally look at us and go, it's so hard to meet you guys. It took me so long to get your attention. I didn't want to miss it. I go, okay, but now you just like blew it. I would rather you be honest and say, hey, I'm not feeling up to it today. Can we do this next week when I have like, you know, better stamina? And I would respect that way more than someone that just like wastes our night on purpose. You know, because like our time is valuable. We we like to have fun, but we want to have like a good time when we go out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I could get fucked yeah. at home really well for my husband. We don't need to invite other people. So it should yeah. be like really exciting if someone else is joining us. So I don't think I, I think we switched it up really fast, but t- just briefly how you met your husband, what on, on that threesome yes. date? Was he there? So it was that? his house okay. that we went to. And so the, me and my other friend, we're going to meet, my husband's name is Jason. So it's his house. So me and the other mm-hmm. guy were supposed to meet at Jason's house. The other guy texts me and he goes, I'm running late. I had a problem with like the wife and kids. He goes, just go to Jason's. I'll be there soon. And I'm like, dude, are you fucking like, I never spoke to Jason. We never exchanged a message on the site. He never even saw like my face pictures. He just saw my profile with like my body pictures, but he had wanted to meet me for a long time. But he said my profile was like really intimidating. And my reputation was like, you know, very uh aggressive and stuff so (laughs) he he it's a complicated story so him and the other guy had a threesome with the other guy's wife and while they were hanging out he was like so my screen name is scarlet in the book and jason was like oh my god i saw that you know scarlet he was like i've always wanted to meet her but i don't think it's ever gonna happen and the other guy goes me and scarlet are like really good friends i could hook that up not a problem And Jason's like, yeah, I don't believe you. So, of course, he does. So, now I'm at Jason's house. It's just me and him. And when you're waiting to have a threesome with a stranger, but you can't have the threesome because not everybody's there, it's very awkward. Uh Right? You're just, like, sitting there staring at each other. You don't know what to talk about because it's, you know, a bizarre situation. Usually, I meet people and, like, I'll make it in five minutes. Now, we're waiting, you know, 30, 40 minutes for our friend to show up. And he's just staring at me, super excited. I'm in his house. And he the reason I went there was because he has a playroom in his house. And I said, ooh, that's exciting. That's fun. That's yeah. a little different than a hotel. I'll, I'll go. I'll take the drive. It was like an hour drive. And he goes, I can't believe you came here. I said, well, you have a playroom. So you kind of, you know, weaseled your way in here. And I saw yeah. the room and I go, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I wish I had a playroom like this one day. You're so cool. You know. Um, then our friend showed up, we had this amazing threesome and I left and that was it. We didn't exchange numbers. Like I didn't know who this guy was and I just went home so happy. It was such a hot night. And then of course I have to deal with the repercussions now from the vanilla guy, which obviously we all knew was coming. And we just had this, you know, big blowout. He's like, you know, I can't live a life with you doing this. And I said, well, can't you just let me do it on the side and we'll pretend I'm not doing it? You know, can't we like compromise and make everybody happy? And he goes, no, yeah. we can't do that. You have to pick. And I said, OK, then I'm picking the lifestyle because I don't think the right guy in my life would make me 
you know, feel this way about what I want and it wouldn't be such a problem. So yeah, good for you. It was, it was a hard situation. Um, and I kind of was a little torn at them. I said, did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right thing? You know? Um, so I called the mutual friend and I go, listen, I'm really upset right now. Like I just need to unwind and like get fucked. Can you hang out? He goes, I would love to, but I got the family. He goes, call Jason. And I said, I don't want to call Jason because I don't know Jason. He goes, you just fucked Jason the other night. Like, it's fine. I said, yeah, but we had a threesome. I don't, like, know the guy. And he goes, Casey, it's going to be fine. Like, he's a cool dude. You had really good sex. Just, like, go hang out with him. So I did. And we were just, like, we just hit it off. We spent, I came back to his house. And this time we were sitting on the couch just fully dressed. And he's like, oh, what do you do for work? Where did you grow up? Do you have any pets? You know, like normal shit. But in the back of your head, I'm like, wow, you like had your cock in my mouth last night. We had DV. And the crazy part, too, is we didn't use condoms the first night we met. We had like a raw threesome, which was unheard of for me. Whoa. Yeah. So I'm like, you guys both came, you know, and I'm thinking all these filthy things while he's asking me just like generic questions. So, of course, we ended up having sex and then we had dinner and then I started hanging out with him a lot, but he, he was just like, so into me from the minute he met me, he was like, you're so special. I think we have a future, you know, like all this shit. And at that point in my life, I was just like, I hated guys now, you know, so all these guys were like crushing my dreams and my soul and my self-esteem. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you think you like me, but you don't even know me. So let's like cut the shit. We have good sex. Let's just leave it at that. And he didn't. He kept pushing me. And part of me really, really liked him. He was exactly my type physically. Super sweet guy. We had, a, you know, a lot of like regular life things in common. But the fact that he was so um, like open and forward about his feelings just scared the shit out of me. I could not handle it. And because I'm used to guys telling me like, oh, I'd love to, but I can't not. I want you to be my girlfriend just the way you are. And I was like, this guy has to be lying. This has to be a trick. There's no way this is real. And I fought him so hard. The poor guy, like I put him through hell when we first met. Yeah. I was just like, I had all these walls built up and I just fought him on everything. Like the nicer he was to me, the meaner I was to him. I just, I was so scared that I was going to like fall for him and then get hurt. So it was very rocky for the first like few months or so. We would start dating, things would be go- like going well, and then something would happen. And I would freak out, and I'd be like, "We're done. I'm not talking to you anymore." And we'd like take a few weeks apart. Then I'd circle back. Like it was very, very dramatic in the, b- the beginning. And yeah. I don't want a dramatic relationship, you know. But when you're scared of something. And you don't know how many more times you can, like, get your heart broken. You know, it was one of those stories. Very typical, you know, you finally find the nice guy and you can't accept it. Right, right. Yeah, you got your defenses up. Yeah. And then how did you guys move into it? How did you realize that you wanted to um, have a stag vixen dynamic? Um, Well, so we met in a threesome and he knew at that point that I was just all about guys. He liked the idea of sharing someone he he was in the lifestyle previously as a single guy and briefly he played with 
um, like an ex and stuff, but it didn't really take off for them. They were a whole nother messy relationship. So we have that in common. Um, but that was kind of like how we met. And then that was kind of how we stayed. But even with that, you would think, okay, they met in a threesome. They both like it. It's going to be like so easy to do this all the time. It wasn't. So like the book, the third book really discusses like all the problems we had with our relationship and swinging together because like my version of a hot wife was different than his version of a hot wife. My, my way of meeting guys for a threesome was different than meeting the way he met couples. So we were coming from opposite sides of the spectrum and nobody wanted to cave or compromise. We were both like, no, Mm -hmm. this is what I like. This is what I'm used to. This is how it should be. So there was a lot of arguing over it in the beginning a lot of nights where we left dates and then had to have like these long discussions about like who didn't like this, who didn't like that. We never had like, like real fights about it, but at the end we always wanted to make our dates comfortable. So if you've ever been on a date with a couple that fought in front of you, it is horrifying. So we don't want to be those people. So any issues we're having, we will cover them up while you were there and then deal with them when you're gone you know? Yeah. Um, so can you, can you define for me exactly what is a stag vixen dynamic? Sure. So the big umbrella is hot wife, right? So a guy whose wife is playing with other guys from there. And again, this is my definition. Some people might disagree with this. You have a hot wife and then a cuck where the husband maybe is not playing or, um, he's like being humiliated and stuff like the other The single guy coming in is the bull. It's a very different dynamic. We are not that at all. So with a stag vixen, he's sharing me, but he was always there. So I do not go out without him. He told me I can, but I have no interest in that. I want him there. I need him there. Like, it's about us doing this together. So I like that dynamic. He's also an alpha male. He is never disrespected or humiliated he is more than enough to satisfy me he just enjoys sharing me so i think the humiliation and the respect part is the biggest difference and the fact that he's always with me and that's the way that i want it yes what so like what have been just for you two doing this stuff together like what do you think his what have been your favorite like experiences together when you've done all this stuff what you know, what stories jump out as like where you both were just like, that was fucking hot. Oh my God. Well, last night we had a really good time. So what, like I said, with the botched gangbang last minute, we invited someone over and I wanted to film some for like my OnlyFans. We don't like script stuff, right? We just film stuff that we do. But with that, if you're filming stuff, sometimes you need to like put a little planning into it so it doesn't come out like shit. So I wanted to film some like stuff in the playroom, like kinky stuff. So we did like uh, a leash and collar spanking thing. We did some toy torture, some hot wax. So like stuff like that we really like. And the funny part about my husband. What's the, what's the toy torture? Oh, like I'm chained up and cuffed. And then they have like the vibrator and stuff on me. Oh, forced orgasms. Yeah, yeah. yeah same thing. Because mm-hmm. um, we have all kinds of crazy shit upstairs. But the funny thing about my husband that we're learning is when we started the OnlyFans thing, it was... I wish we had like a film crew following us making the site because we're hilarious and we're like, just like idiots sometimes because we're not used to this. So in the beginning, like sometimes 
we would be having sex and we would forget to hit to hit record. So we'd go to watch it and then we're like, shit, there's nothing there. Or like the phone stopped halfway through. <laughs> yeah, I've, or, I've done that. Yeah. Um sometimes like we would just forget that we're supposed to be recording things. And he goes to me, Casey, for three years you've told me that when we're on dates, we're not filming anything. Like you're against it. He goes, now we're supposed to be filming everything. Like I keep forgetting. I said, yeah, I know. But now we remember to film stuff. And one day he goes to me, you know, I kind of miss, it's fun to film stuff, but I kind of miss when it's just me and you, you know, just doing our own thing. I said, okay, that's fine. We can have nights. Like we don't have to post everything. So then we'd be having sex and he'd be like, hang on one second. He'll stop fucking me. He comes back with the camera. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm sorry, but this is just like so hot. People need to see this. So now he's the one that's grabbing the camera all the time. And he also, like, sometimes I'll look at him. And I go, um, you're supposed to be looking at me, not the camera. He goes, I like watching us fuck on the camera as we're filming it. So it's creating this like weird, unexpected dynamic between us that we didn't see coming with like the filming part. Yeah. It's really hot and exciting. And he's so into it right now. Um, and also because like, we're very kinky and wild together, but with any relationship, sometimes, you know, you have your ups and downs and you get like a little stale, but something about like the filming and knowing people are watching it and really wanting to create like exceptional content for people with like a really good variety. I tried not to post similar stuff like back to back. It's making us get way more creative and like amp up our play when we're together. Cause like we'll start doing stuff and he's like, Oh wait, wait, I bet they would love to see me like use this on you or like the spreader bar or like we have cuffs hanging from the ceiling that we hardly ever use, you know? So it's, it really is making us have more fun together and other people are just getting to see it, but we're not creating porn for other people. We're just being ourselves and we have, we happen to be really like kinky people, you know? And I hope that people seem to be responding really well to that on my site, that they're getting, you know, I post our sex stuff. I post a lot of stuff from our nude camping places because we're like so into that right now. I yeah. post some stuff from my books. Um, my posts are really, I don't do like one line posts. I write like paragraphs about stuff because I am a writer. I try to put humor I do polls. I have contests. I give away free shit. Like, I try to make it really fun and interactive, like my normal personality is. And it's more of like, you're getting to know me versus just watch me have sex. So it's an interesting dynamic, but it also makes it a little intimidating for me sometimes because now if people don't like it, it's almost like they're saying, I don't like you as a person versus like, I don't like seeing you have sex naked, you know? Uh, Because I'm making myself way more accessible now. And that's kind of scary for me because I am still like an introvert when I'm not. Like in the vanilla world, I'm an introvert. In the lifestyle, I'm very aggressive and bold. So this is another chapter in my life where I'm having to like overcome my insecurities and, you know, deal with like, you know, everybody so far has been very nice on the site. They're very happy. They give me a lot of compliments. But if someone gives me even the slightest, like, um, a perfect example, like we filmed obviously like DV stuff, right? But it never occurred to me that like we filmed it from the side and then a couple of people wrote that's hot, but we want to see like the actual DV penetration. 
And I was like, oh shit, I didn't like think about that. That's really hard to film. Yeah. So we had to like go back. I'm like the next day, I'm like, babe, we need to do this. We need to do it right. We need to make up for this. Like, and he goes, oh my God, you need to like relax. They're not saying they didn't like it. They just, yeah. you know, but it's hard it's because everybody yeah. comes from a different perspective. If you have 500 fans, they all want 500 different things. And that becomes overwhelming because I want everybody to be happy. But yeah. one video might only make 300 people happy, not all 500. But now we're getting really good at, you know, close-up shots and thinking more as the viewer than the participant. You right. know, so that's been interesting. So having, like, these pages, it's a lot of work. I post every day. Um, I post a lot of stuff. And... Like I said, I try to make it like this amazing experience, not just like random, like aim pointless crap. crap. You could get yeah. my, yeah. Husband, my yeah. husband goes, people can get free porn anywhere. It is so accessible. Right. Like so we have to offer something unique and different. And right now people seem to be, you know, really happy with it. And that just anytime someone sends me a compliment, I am so excited because I'm like, oh my God, my work is like being appreciated. Because it's, yeah. it's me. It's like my soul that's on that page now. You know, it's the same thing with writing. Right. I'm amazed. You know, wait, can yeah. I, let me ask you here. I want to, I want to, um, cause you've got a lot of, I mean, you've had a lot of adventures and you've had a lot of, um, you know, good stuff. I want to know about, you know, just, I want to know a couple things. What have been some of the struggles and complications that you've experienced? And what do you wish you would have known or considered when you started all of this? Huh. Uh, do you mean like struggles the whole thing or when I was single versus like married or everything? Anything. It could be anything. It's just uh, whatever, you know, whatever pops in your head first, just any of the, you know, struggles and complications. Well, and one struggle that's always ongoing know? is leading the secret life, having to be careful what you say around who, you know, um, having to like tone yourself down around certain people, knowing that like, well, I remember when I was single, I always hated having to lie to people about where I was. If they say like, my friends would be like, Oh, what'd you do last night? Oh, I fucked eight guys. Yeah. But I said like, Oh, I stayed home and watched a movie, you know? So I always hated the guilt part. The not being able to just like say what I'm doing and be proud of it. Um, I wish that I was more like confident in the beginning and it didn't take me so long to find myself. And I wish mm -hmm. I didn't waste time being emotionally invested in guys that didn't give a shit. Um, sometimes I regret dating the married guy, but then at the same time, I wouldn't have met my husband if you follow, if you trace the steps, right? Because if I didn't go sure. to that first club, I might not have ended up in his house. So I'm going to let that one slide. Maybe I should have ended it yeah. sooner. Um and then the struggles are always, most of my struggles have been within myself and the lifestyle. You know, those are, because yeah, finding guys and having them bail and not performing, that could happen in the vanilla world also. That's not a unique problem. But the most powerful ones were the ones that like, I had to look inside myself and say, okay, why were you in this situation? What made you do this? What do you want to get out of this? Where do you want your future to go? You know? So all of, like the internal things I would say were the most um, hard to deal with, but also the most formative for me. 
But isn't that where the biggest growth for That's you? That's what I mean. So without all, if this was from, an easy yeah. process, I wouldn't have written anything about it, you know, and it would just be, right. you know, but it is, I just want people to know that this life is not always just fun and games and it's not always easy, yeah. whether you're single or whether you're with somebody doing this, there's always going to be ups and downs. And especially, you know, being with a partner, your communication needs to be so on point. You have to have conversations you never thought you would have in a million years. You have to have very uncomfortable conversations. You know, you can't hide anything. Any crack you have in your relationship will be magnified if you start playing with other people. Like, you know, I hate when people go, oh, we're doing this to, like, save our marriage or you meet all these guys. Oh, I want to, you know, convince my wife to do this. Con the convincing. Oh, like, my God, oh, I get that question plan. all the time. How can I convince my partner to, and then whatever it is, fill in the blanks. I get this from men all the time, and I'm just like, I would never want to advise you on how to convince somebody to do something that they're not consenting to, or that that's just not no, for them. I mean, you know, you, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. You should, Sorry, yeah. you you picked the wrong person. Yeah, That's the answer. And like, whatever. Honest. If they're not okay with it, if they're not okay with you changing the dynamic, and, and experimenting with you or allowing you the freedom to experiment, you fucking picked the wrong person. Sorry. Yeah. And you have to, whatever your vanilla relationship is, like whatever honesty and communication you have, you need to triple that by like 50 when you get into the lifestyle. And I remember when we first started dating and we started having threesomes with other guys, there were nights where like, we would have conversations after and he'd be like, I'd be like, that was so hot, right? And he'd be like, you know, it was okay. And I go, you didn't like watching that? And he goes, it's okay. But, you know, the guy was really quiet or, you know, I wanted to see more of this. And I go, okay, but then you need to tell me that because I don't know what's in your brain. And the whole dynamic we have is that he lets me do stuff, but he has to get turned on by it. So he's like, one of his favorite things in the world is like face fucking and messy blowjobs. I used to be more on like the standard side of blowjobs. So now I had to shift to make sure he's really seeing what he wants to see or there's no point, you know? Yeah. So things like that, or he's really into hearing like really dirty talk. So I had to like amp that up a little bit for him. And then there's things that I like, you know, that I had to mention. So just because we've had one threesome together when we met doesn't mean all our threesomes are perfect back then. Now they are, we're really good. And you had to like learn how, when, you know, when someone's fucking you and I want to tell my husband I don't like it, I can't just shout that across the room. So you have to have hand signals. You have to have eye signals. You know, you have to have this like whole little secret language so you can communicate yeah. in that moment without, you know, causing without like, chaos. Words. Yeah. And in the beginning, we would mix up signals sometimes. And at the end of the night, I'm like, dude, why didn't you stop that? I hated it. And he goes oh, I thought that hand signal meant something else. And I'm like, no. So we had to really make sure that like we knew what our signals were so that they worked. And then after time, now he can tell just by the look on my face or the sound I'm making, I don't have to use hand signals, you know? So it really, it brought us closer. You know, in the beginning, we literally had to spell out every letter for each other. And now we just kind of know what the other person yeah. wants with, what's happening in the moment. So that's pretty cool. So this can either make or break your relationship, you know? 
Sure. Yeah. So what do you hope that, what do you hope resonates with everyone that hears this episode? That's a tricky question. I will say that I've been getting, I was on another show recently and I'm surprised by most of the feedback is from guys buying my books and saying that they admire like the guts I have to tell my story and they wish they could be in a relationship that I have with my husband, you know, and thank you. I get a lot of thank yous for sharing. And that always fascinates me because I don't feel like anyone cares about my story. I feel like they read it because they might think I'm pretty or they want to hear the dirty things I did. But 90% of my feedback is talking about the vanilla parts of my story and like the struggles and making it real and not just sugarcoating everything, you know, because I guess I wish that might be my answer. I guess I wish when I entered the lifestyle, someone told me that there was so much like conflicting parts of it. I thought when I entered it, it was just going to be like easy, fun sex all the time. And there was so much emotional shit and mental shit that went along with it that I was not prepared for. So probably I want people to know that part. Like, don't just jump into yeah. this stuff. Like, do a little research. Take one step at a time. Do not force anybody to do this. You know, talk about everything. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're single, you're protecting yourself. But if you're a couple, you're protecting your relationship before anything. You know, and me and my husband, we always say, like, this can never come between us ever. This is a fun thing we do. The minute it becomes a problem, we have to stop. If there's yeah. like something going on in our lives, like during COVID, we stopped playing for a year and a half with people because it just wasn't the right thing to do, you know? So we're very good at like shutting things down when we need to. We are not defined by this. We enjoy doing it, but our marriage is always like the, pri the priority and nothing can ever take that away or you have a big problem. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So tell everybody where they can find you. So you can find any of my books on Amazon. They're all there. Um, and then on OnlyFans, it's Hot Wife Life 869 And Instagram is at In Bed With Strangers. If you go to my Instagram, there's a link that has all of my other information within it in the link tree, in the profile. So I would say Instagram at In Bed With Strangers is probably the easiest and fastest way to find me. Yeah. That's like your hub. And I'll put all your links in the show notes. But thank you so much, Casey, for coming on. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I loved it. Very fascinating. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you want to leave me your feedback, you know I love your feedback. It's super easy. Just go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com, click on the pink tab on the right-hand side, and leave me a voicemail. You have five minutes. Let it rip. I get back to each and every one of you personally. And if you have any comments you want to leave for Casey, you can leave one for her, and I'll forward it to her and make sure she gets it. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.